So, you braved it. Came out. Glory to God. God is good to us. Amen? You know who this word is for? For those that came out. I mean, you know, we, you can listen to this later, watch it later or whatever and, and all that. But uh, this word is for you today. You came out for this word. You put your faith out to get here. And I'm telling you, this word that God gave me to give you will minister life to you. And you know what happens? When you have faith for the word you hear, then signs will follow in your life when you have faith to receive it. Because we know around here, you don't just hear the word, right? The Bible says when you hear the word and you do nothing with it, you deceive yourself. It's, it's real deception. But, but when you hear the word, you do something with the word, you meditate the word, you become a doer of that word, then you'll be blessed in everything that you do. And so today is a great day for you to be here because I believe this is a great word. Someone shout amen to that. Has this word first conference been great? I mean, it has been absolutely great. What, what Eric Holler shared on Friday night um, what Maceo shared last night, the word tonight, Pastor Roxanne will be back tonight. It was really great to have Miss Ann here on, on Friday night with us, such a blessing. Jennifer and Derek Miller are here today. Jennifer is Pastor John and Miss Ann's daughter and, and son-in-law, and uh, just great to have you guys here, you know, and we've been praying for your family and, and, and all that. We're with you. We're behind you. Amen. 100%. We love you. I'm glad you're here today. Amen. So, as we get into this, you know, just remember this. <clears throat> um, wouldn't it be great if the world all the time <laughs> was just like Word First Conference? Yeah. I mean, you could just sit and just, ah, oh, just take it in. I mean, I mean, the presence of the Spirit here has been very real and strong. Wouldn't it be good just to be that way? Well, it's not that way. And I'll just tell you this. Very few people believe this. Very few people. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Christian non-Christians. Now, I'm not being critical. I'm not judging anybody in any way, shape, or I'm not thinking of anybody. I'm just saying, when you're in the presence of people, you can, you can find out very quickly they identify themselves by their words whether they believe or they don't believe. And I'm just telling you, very few people to this point, I'm talking about in, in, in the, what was there, six billion people on the planet. In the six billion people, not very many people really live a life where they're developing faith in God every day. Based on some of the things that you've heard, some of the things that Eric shared on Friday, it was just just brilliant. The word he shared that was his, that was his dad's. I mean, it was just a brilliant word. I mean, you could hear Pastor John and Eric, but but you you know that Eric took ownership of that word. You know, as he brought that word, and so blessed us. What Maceo shared last night about meditation. You know, I, I, if you weren't here last night. You don't have time to hear his word because his books are back there. I'm telling you, you need his book. Just get the book and don't argue with it. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it'll liberate your life. It'll liberate you. But, but just, just realizing that we've got a mission, right? We, 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 and so I'm, I'm talking to you today, okay? I'm talking right here to you. And I'm saying we're on a mission. We've got a plan. We've, we've got to be the people of God in the earth. People will not know God unless you know God. They won't know God because, you know, they see his impression in a tortilla. Or they see his, something that looked like Jesus in the clouds somewhere. That, that, that's not going to develop anything in their life. They'll know God because you know God. Right? And, and I, I've said this for years, uh, I, God said this to me years ago, and I've preached a whole series on it, and I've said this many times, but everybody on the planet is looking for God. But we've got to know Him. 
You know, don't, don't judge other people. Don't look at other people's lives or other Christian people, non-Christian. Don't judge other people's lives. You develop in faith. You become discerning in your life to know the voice of God, to hear God's voice, and to know how to be a doer of that word. You develop that day to day. Then you are ripe and ready to be used by God to see people enter into the kingdom and then to be discipled, to be set free, to be liberated. It's not going to happen on planet Earth unless it's happening in and through an individual. And you know, if that's the case, why not it all be happening through me? How about you? Should it happen through you? Amen. So if it's happening through me, then I'm doing my part. If it's happening through you, you're doing your part, and you just get better and better and better. It's not a one-time thing, and now I've arrived. No, you have to keep developing. And that's what we're talking about today title of my message, which I've, this is number three in the series that I started two Sundays ago, just, just simply trust God. Title of my message is trust God. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> your trust, your trust in God comes from the theme of our conference, from abiding truth. Truth that abides on the inside of you. John 8, 31 and 2, which is our, our theme scripture. I just want to read that again. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth. And the truth will do what? And, and you know, and, and the word make there is the right word. Some translations use other words but it's the word make. In, in other words, it's a process. So it's not one revelation that you get and you've arrived. You go from revelation to revelation. And I want to read this, this passage of Scripture in Romans 1 because I feel like it's very key to what we're talking about today. Paul said in verse 16 of Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, in the good news, in the truth, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. In the gospel, in the truth, in the word of God, is what is right... Because there's not what's right in God and what's right in something else. There's only one right. And you got to look at it like that if you're going to grow in the things of God. There's only one right. There's not multiple rights. There's one right. And, and notice, notice, what's right is not revealed as you're studying the Word. you got to study the Word. What's right is not revealed when you're doing anything else, even in your confession. Not what he said right here. He said it's revealed when you take what you have and apply it in the difficult situations. The faith-to-faith, listen, when when, when you hit that first faith experience, you don't like it. You don't know how it's going to change. You don't know what's going to happen. But that's where you go to your go-to, which is the Word. It's final authority that settles everything. And when you apply it and you learn to develop that, then it's revealed on the inside of you. That's where the revelation comes from. It's when I produce the application of that in the moment. And I'll tell you, There's a lot of moments and there's a lot of distractions as we talked about last week. There's a lot of demonic distractions that are out there trying to get you not to believe that God will do what he said he would do. The enemy works overtime to get you convinced that what you see, how you feel, what a circumstance looks like. What, where you're at in a faith experience that you're working and applying the word, oh, you know, it's not going to work, just quit. He'll come and distract you in so many ways to get you to quit. But then we got the word on that too. You don't quit, what? You reap. 
You don't quit, you reap. I said, you don't quit, you reap. You, it, it doesn't even have to look good what you're doing. Just don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. When Becky and I started out in our, in our walk, our marriage, and in our walk with God, I was only about two years old in the Lord. She didn't know what she married. <laughs> and, uh, and I was only about two years old in the Lord. But we connected with a lot of friends and church and stuff where we lived down in the valley. And, uh, and, you know, became really good friends with a lot of couples. And the majority of those couples today are divorced. Christian couples, we started out strong, started out excited, all that kind of thing. But most of those couples that we were friends with, not all of them, but most of them, are divorced today. And... I'm just saying, the only difference in them and us, we didn't quit. We just kept putting one foot in front of the other. I'm telling you, you, you look back, if we sat down and we showed you how we did things, well, you know, it was difficult in the first two years, but since then, everything's been just perfect. Oh, no. Oh, no. We had opportunities to quit, throw in the towel, do whatever. We just didn't quit. Thank God that I got the quit out of me. But I didn't get the quit out of me just because, you know, I got tired of having that quit mentality. I got the quit out because of the Word. See, the Word began, as I began to be a doer of that Word, I began to get revelation in those faith-to-faith experiences, not not defeat-to-defeat. See, a lot of the world lives from defeat to defeat to defeat. I live from faith to faith, to faith, one faith experience to the next, to the next, to the next, and it will never end. It'll never end. I wrote this down. Trust and trust, trust in God, trust, is faith and confidence year to year. Trust is faith and confidence developed year to year. I just have to say about myself that there were some years in the last 44 years of my salvation, there were some years when maybe I, it looked like in that year I only stepped one foot ahead, but I kept going. Every year has been a little better. Some years a lot better. This last year, an amazing year. And I'm just talking about you know, in where substance is current, it was a, it was a great year in, in the, in, in where substance and, and finances and those kind of things are concerned, but it was the greatest year in Revelation because, because, as I've been saying this to you, I was built for the battle that I faced. We were built for those battles. So when we stepped into that, it wasn't a shock, it was like, come on. Hmm? Got my six shooters on. We're ready to take this thing. Huh? See, we had it. Everything was in place. We're ready. I mean, we're ready for this thing. And God wants us constantly ready and moving forward. How many believe that today? Amen. Um, I, I just want to look at a couple of things. Gosh, I just... You, you know, you read through Scripture, but then for me, I come back to the Gospels. I read Scripture, there's a lot of good stuff, but i got to come back to the Gospels because, man, there's nothing like looking at Jesus and, and, and what he did. He, he said this in, in John 14. I'm just going to read two or three Scriptures here. He said in John 14 and 25, we could read the whole chapter and spend all day on this, but he said this, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. Everybody say the Helper. helper. Amen. We have the Helper, right? Say say this after me. I need help. Yeah. You need help. I promise you, you need help. He said he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, 
My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace that God gave us, there's no strings attached. It's not conditional like the world's peace. No strings attached, unconditional peace that came from directly from Jesus himself. That's yours and mine. But what I like about what he said and where he was going in this passage, and this is what I want to focus on, is the 30th verse. He said to his disciples, and they were kind of freaking out when he said this. He said, I'll no longer talk much with you. And in another verse, he said, I'm not going to be here much longer. They were freaking out. What do you mean you're not going to be here? No, you're the only thing that has ever happened on planet Earth that was good, and now you're leaving. No, but he said, what was in me that created the goodness is what will now be inside of you. But he said this, and this is my new mark in life. This is my new mark. He said, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. Jesus is the mark. Paul said, I forget those things that are behind. I press toward the mark. He's the mark. That's my new mark, that the devil has nothing in me. Nothing. No pride, no fear, no anger, no jealousy, no nothing. And do you know how many times a day, just the five things I just mentioned right there, do you know how many times a day potentially you can be moved by something that relates to that? That's why we've got to have that implanted word. That's why we have to have that word that we believe in. That's why we have to have, as we've taught around here for a long time, we have to have those daily routines. Without the daily routine, without the confession of God's word, you hearing it, applying it, putting it to work in your life, without that word, there is no victory. Amen? And, and, and there's no victory over the things that try to get the best of you in your life. God doesn't want that in us. Amen? He has nothing, Jesus said, he has nothing in me. My confession today is the devil has nothing in me. And that will be my confession for the rest of my life. Because you'll never come to a place where there's not something you have to deal with or you don't need him. But my de declaration, calling those things which be not as though they were, is the devil has nothing in me. Can you say amen? Nothing. That's our goal. Amen? Jesus said this. For I have come down from heaven not to do. This is John 6 and verse 38. He said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Not my will, but my father's be done. When Jesus was in the garden, it was the greatest example of true submission to the father. Because Jesus' will and the Father's will were not the same. He said, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will. But he said, your will be accomplished. Jesus didn't come here to do his will. And in the 30 years of developing his life, knowing, having, knowing the Father, having relationship with the Father, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being baptized by John... And, and in his three years of ministry, he never did anything for himself. He never did anything that he wanted his way. And listen, he was all man like you and, you and I. He, he, was, he was human being just like you and I. So he had desires. He had temptations, things that came against him. But he never gave into it. And at the end, he said, the devil's got nothing in me. Amen? Because he came to do the will of the Father. And, and what was the key, as we said last week? What was the key? 2021 and beyond. Hearing God and doing what he said will produce your due season. Your and my due season is out there. As it was said earlier, what Fabian said earlier, and, and what I've been saying and what we've been teaching on due season, your due season is out there. When you're developing from faith to faith, how to hear God's voice 
and be a doer of that word, it produces your due season in this lifetime. Can you say amen? That's where we want to live. That's what people want to see. People want to know that you're not just going through the motions, but you truly believe in what you say. That you truly believe it. It's not, and, and it doesn't mean that there's not things that you're de- working on and developing because that everything we're talking about is a development. Faith to faith is not one perfected faith to the next. Your faith in that area begins to be perfected and developed as you put the word to work. It's not you enter it in with perfect faith. Your faith is developed and you become more confident in how to trust God and rest in God and believe that what God said, he will, he will truly do it. It's vital that we see it that way. When I look at Jesus, <clears throat> and I want to say a couple things about this. When I look at Jesus and I look at his life, he never did anything to advance his position or his place in life. He never did anything but what Father said. And what Father said to him translates out to you and I hearing from the Father through the Word of God. Not hearing from the Father through what we think God is saying. It has to line up with the Word of God. That is God speaking to us. Can you say amen to that? But he never did anything to advance his position above or beyond the Word of God. So he rested constantly in what God said. So you know, when, when we see different stories in the Bible, like when, when he was on the boat, when they were going to the other side, Father said, you guys get in the boat, go to the other side. He walks out to the boat on the water. He's walking on the water. And, and, and in one of those boat situations, you know, storm hits the boat, and he's asleep on a pillow. Uh, you know, you ever wonder why they mentioned the pillow? I mean, I think that God wanted us to know in Scripture that he was really at rest, you know? He wasn't just kind of taking a nap. I mean, he was snoring because he was so confident in what God said. didn't matter if there's a storm. God said, we're going to the other side. That's it, you know? That confidence is the confidence now that he wants us to have that is available for us because of the person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. He is that helper. He never concerned himself, Jesus, he never concerned, concerned himself with what others thought about him. He never concerned himself with his convictions or the way he operated, what other people thought. Never concerned himself. Never tried to get people to take up his position. In fact, when some of them forsook him, he encouraged the rest of them. You want to go? He was never concerned about people turning their back on him. Not one time, ever. Why? Because he was at that place of rest. And actually, what he would do, especially with the Pharisees and the religious people, is he'd put them in their place with the Word of God because he knew it. Amen? There's an example in Scripture, there's a story in Scripture about the ruler of the synagogue. Um, Actually, he was... I think he was a ruler in Capernaum. It was Jairus. And um, he came to Jesus and said, my daughter, he had a 12-year-old daughter and she was at the point of death. And he came to, to Jesus and he said, my daughter is at the point of death. Now, how many believe that's serious? Okay, she's dying. And <clears throat> we may not make it back. So as you see the story, and I'm not reading it, I'm just, I'm just remembering a couple things about it. As we're in the story, Jesus is heading that way to the house. And, and something disrupted him in his journey. And what disrupted him was not a woman, it was faith. Because there are a bunch of women. And there are a bunch of sick people. But what disrupted him in his journey was faith. He takes the time, and you know, I mean, when you read that story, there's two different accounts of it. When you read that story of him stopping there with the woman with the issue of blood, both accounts kind of appear that, you know, I don't know, maybe it took 45 minutes, you know? But anyway, 
about the time that he's through, some people from Jairus' house come and said, you know what, your daughter's dead, don't bother the master anyway. And you know, in that statement, it's, it's, there's a question mark. In that statement that those people, when, when, when it's being repeated, uh, like by, um, who's one of them, uh, I guess it's John, when it's repeated by John, I think it is, uh, he, there's a question mark there. And, and so Jesus heard the conversation and he said, and he told him, don't worry, everything's well. Now, just think of all the different components that are set up in this situation and how offended some people could be, how mad certain people could be, you know, how, how they would think that, you know, what are you doing? You know, why would you stop for this woman right here? This is Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. You know what I see here? Jesus was never a respecter of person, position, was never moved by what anybody thought, only what Father said. Listen, when he was on that journey, Father said, there's some faith. Because he only did. He didn't, he didn't go and, and try to dream up that the, there was a woman in the group, all these thousands of people that were pressing him. He didn't dream up that there's got to be a woman with faith. Father said. He only did what Father said. So Father said. So if Jesus is our perfect example, he didn't come here to become the son of God. He came to the earth to become the son of man. He's our perfect example. Then can we do the same thing? Can we hear the voice of God just like Jesus did? Yeah. But the distractions that are out there trying to, to deter us are working overtime trying to convince us that we can't hear God like that and get us moved by situations and circumstances so that we're not attentive to the voice of God. We're listening to all the other voices. All those other voices are huge distractions you and I have to do what it takes in this year and in the coming years to develop our ability to hear from faith to faith, from one faith experience to the next. You know what happens when you start overcoming in experiences where you're listening to God? You know what happens? You don't run from difficult situations. Actually, you want them. You know what Paul said? He said, I glory in tribulations. What? First time I read that, or not just the first time, for 10 years, I'm thinking, you know, I don't even like that. What do you mean, glory in tribulation? I'm trying to get out of them. No, but you'll never get out of tribulation. Not as long as you live here, you're going to tribulate. Amen? So we ought to embrace the tribulations, enjoy the tribulations, and let God be God in the midst of the tribulations, but he won't do it for you. He'll just help you do it. Well, just waiting on God. Okay, You're going to wait for a long time. He's already done everything he's going to do. He won't do it for us, but he'll help us. But we got to hear it. As Maceo said yesterday, we got to meditate it. And we have to do it. Listen, you can hear it, and that's all you ever do. That's good. You got some information, but it won't do anything for you. You can hear it and meditate it, but if you don't do it, it's not going to profit you. Can you say amen to that? So God wants you and I to see how vital it is that we're developing this trust in God and not letting these distractions in life that Jesus didn't let distract him, these different types of distractions try to work on us. You know what? People start out strong. They get revelation on some things. They do, some, they do a little bit of word and they see some results. And then all of a sudden, because things get tough, they want to bail. I've seen people want to bail on marriages. I've seen people want to bail from church. I've seen people want to bail from jobs and their destinies and the direction that God is sending them. People want to bail all the time from those kind of things because it gets hard. Listen to me. It's going to always be difficult, but the more you do it, it becomes easier. It just becomes easier. But it's always going to have a difficulty about it because in your flesh... You've got to choose to do it his way instead of the other ways. I'm telling you, I mean, 
it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's just a lot of work. There's no two ways about it. It's a lot of work. Trusting God takes a lot of time and a lot of work. You know, and, and God never tells you that in the beginning because, you know, if, you, if he told you that in the beginning, you probably wouldn't do it. No, we're looking for easy street. Yeah, you, I, got, I got born again and now everything's going to be great. Yeah, it's great, you know, but, but there's some difficulty involved because we're learning to not be led and ruled by our flesh and our emotions. We're learning to be led by the Spirit of God and, and, and seeing what that looks like. You know, okay, everybody's on the same ship. Everybody's got to do the same stuff. So don't be looking at someone else's journey and judging theirs. You, you know what? You know what God said? God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. If you, if you want bad for someone else because you think they've done wrong, no, you're doing God's job. Yeah, the judge, leave it to him. You know why? Because he's in the judgment business to help people get through something. We want to judge people sometime because of what they've done, and we want them to pay. No, that's his job. Everybody say, that's his job. That's not my job. That's his job. He's better at it, and you stay focused on loving him in spite of what they've done. And then you'll be on the receiving end of your due season manifesting when you're walking in the love of God, not judging other people's lives. Anyway, that, 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 that was a little extra there, so I'll just, you know, you can take that. So today I, I want to I end with this, with a couple things here that, that I think are really, really important and vital for your and my success. And I, I've been on this now for a while. God spoke these three things to me back in, in the summertime. And you've heard me say these and, and, and talk about them, but, but there's so much more than just the statements themselves. They, they, they come from scriptures. You, you, know, you back it up in scripture, it's probably, there's, there's two or three different scriptures for each one of these statements. But I want to read them and then, and then I, I want to look at it for a moment. Everything that is hidden is brought to the light is what we're declaring and speaking. From sea to shining sea and everything in between, everything hidden is being brought to the light. That's scripture. One of the scriptures is in Job. Another scripture is in, in 1 Corinthians that, that lines up with that. The second statement is all lies today are being exposed by the truth. All lies are being exposed by the truth. A verse of scripture that, that goes with that is actually found in 1 John 2 and verse 20. And I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. And it says this. But, if you, are, but you are not like that. For the Holy One has given you His Spirit. And all you know the truth. So I'm writing to you not because you don't know the truth. But because you know the difference between truth and lies. And if I know the difference in that, and I'm declaring that everything that is a lie is, is being revealed, and then the third thing, all darkness is being uncovered by the light of the gospel. All darkness is being uncovered by the light of the gospel. If you're declaring those things, if you're praying those things and, and speaking those things, and if you believe that your prayers are affecting the nations, then why would we ever worry or try to make anything happen if we really believe that our prayers are really doing something? Now, now, now here's the deal. This is where these distractions come from. There's all kinds of people everywhere, all types of news sources and everything else telling you things that are not truth. They're not truth. God's word is truth. And I told you this a while back. I quit listening to the news. I just shut it off. You say, well, how, how do you be, stay informed? Uh, well, people make sure I know, you know. <laughs> Everybody else will make sure that I know. 
But, but I, I just quit listening to news because of what I'm working on. And what I'm working on is not letting anything distract me from what God is saying. That's what made the difference with Jesus. As much as you saw Jesus ministering to people, you saw Jesus alone with Daddy. As much as you saw him with other people, you saw him alone with the Father, getting the 411 from the Father, getting the emails directly sent to him from heaven. And that's what we need day to day. Success and your due season is hearing the voice of the Spirit and being a doer of what you hear. That's success. That's what matters in the days ahead. And, and if we don't do that, then we're not, we're not in a place to see the things that I just mentioned uncovered. But if that's where I'm spending my time and that's where I'm spending my faith and that's what I'm developing, and every time negative things come, no, but God said this. No, but God's word says this. No, but this is what I'm speaking here. See, you have to shut it down every single time. If you don't shut it down, it will t- overtake over time. It will overtake your th- thinking process, and you'll believe what it looks like instead of what he promised. He promised me that all darkness, Isaiah 60 and verse 1, darkness will cover the earth, or, or verse 3 somewhere, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord. Darkness will cover the earth. That's Isaiah prophesying about this time. For the last 2,000 years, darkness will cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord. He's risen on and in us. Amen? Christ in you revealed in you the hope of the nations, the hope of glory. But it's the hope of the world. Christ revealed in you is the hope. Can you say amen? Amen. And there's, there, there's no other way around it. These three statements that I speak multiple times a day, that's doing the work out there so I don't have to worry, I don't have to fret. Every time I hear a negative report, I can walk in love. See, I can pray for people. I, I, I pray, I pray every day in about a 30-minute period of time yeah, I've shared this. I told you how I did this. But I do this every day, and I've, ne- and I've not missed in four years. And I pray now for upwards, probably even more, I'll just, the low end would be about a half a million people that I pray for every single day, and I never miss. I never miss. Paul said, Paul told the church at Ephesus, I can't not pray for you. Because of the word he delivered, I can't not pray for you. I have to pray for you. And because I do that, every time a report comes about somebody else who was created in the image of God, whether saved or unsaved, they were created in the image of God, every time a report comes to try to get me offended with someone else, their name goes on the list. Goes on the list. Goes on the list. No, now I'm praying for them. Now I'm praying that they're, what, do I, what am I praying? Directly I'm praying Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Colossians 1. Eyes of their understanding are being opened up. I'm not praying for them to think like me. I'm praying that their eyes be opened up so God can get to them. And listen, no word that comes out of my mouth will return void, but accomplish everything I've set it out to accomplish. So I'm just telling you right now. Of the half a million people that I'm praying for right now, a good portion of them are saved, but a good portion of them are not. And because I've been faithful and haven't quit, they're all coming into the kingdom before they leave here. Because I trust God for that. And see, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing with you some personal things about things that God has said to me, but we have to see it that way. See, my rest and confidence is goes back to 1 Timothy 2. He said, first of all, pray for kings and all those who are in authority. For all people first, for kings and all those who are in authority, that we may live a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness and holiness. He said that he desired all people to be saved and all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Brother Macy, as, as you're putting your book out there on meditation, the information you're putting out there is not returning void. So everybody that touches that book will, if they're not saved, will get saved. And if they are saved, they'll come to a greater knowledge of the truth than ever before. And that's the fulfillment of, of 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. That's the fulfillment. Everything being spoken, everything that we declare every day, everything that we pray every day on a daily basis, it will not return void. That's where my confidence is. I will not be moved off of that. So I don't care about anything else. So you know where I live? I live in a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness and holiness. So no, no matter how the rest of the world is living, my world, because it's framed with the word, I'm living in peace and quietness. But I'm living my life to help other people live in peace and quiet. Calmness, rest, trust in God. They'll never live in peace and quietness within their soul until they learn how to trust God. And they're never going to learn how to trust God until they find somebody like me that will just love them. Everybody's looking for God, but truly, everybody's really looking for you. Because they'll never get to God without you. Never. I mean, you know, God will do whatever he wants, but he set it up for people to come. It's a, it's a, it's a duplication process, and he set it up for people to come to God through other people. And that's why we have to believe this. Oh, my gosh. So, I want you to look at this in a, in a kind of strange translation. I don't even know what, it, what, what this acronym stands for, but it's this translation. It's the CEV. Anybody know what the CEV stands for? Anyway. Thank you, Josh. <clears throat> Uh, that's the old King James Version? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> CEV, Ephesians 4 and verse 23. I got to read it with you. Let the Spirit change your way of thinking and make you into a new person. You were created to be like God. And so you must please him and be truly holy. We are part of the same body. Stop lying and start telling each other the truth. Oh, man. Holy moly. You, 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 know what the, you know what the issue is with that statement right there? Can you handle the truth from someone else? That's more important than you telling the truth. Can you handle somebody telling you, well, you know, pastor read that scripture, I need to tell you this. And they tell you and then it's on the front page of the paper. Mm -mm, can't be trusted. We've got to change our way of thinking and become that new person. Stop lying and start telling each other the truth. Don't get so angry that you sin. Don't go to bed angry and don't give the devil a chance. What's your confession? My confession is I give him no place. I give him no place and he has nothing in me. Can you say amen to that? Amen. He has nothing in us. Glory to God. That's the spirit of God for us today. So, I want to I end with this verse of Scripture and then, and then a confession that I, wanna, I want you to speak with me, a declaration. I want you to add this to your daily routines. But in, I want to read this one verse out of Proverbs 29. And to me, this is what, as, as God's shown me this year and as I, God's given me this message, this is, this is one of my really foundational passages. I'm going to read it out of two translations. But it's Proverbs 29, 25. And then I have, this is one of my daily, daily confessions that I speak, uh, that I've kind of put this verse and 
three other verses together, but, but I want to read the one out of Proverbs 29 first out of the New Living Translation. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Everybody say safe. That's what people want. People want to live in a safe place. And trusting God, what we're talking about today, is a safe place. Can you say amen to that? Message Bible in that same verse says this. The fear of human opinion disables. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. The fear of what everybody else is saying disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Enough said. Trust is where it's at. And what did I say trust was? Trust is developing faith from one faith experience to the next, year after year after year after year, and never quit. Never, ever, ever quit. The fear of human opinion will disable you. It it literally paralyzes you and shuts you down when you fear what other people think. Jesus never was afraid. When he was walking that path to Jairus' house, and Jairus was a pretty important guy. I can just hear the people that came from the house. It was kind of more like, what are you bothering him for? You know, some lady out here that's a tramp or whatever, you know, whatever they called her, you know, and said about her, she wasn't important. And you spent your time with her? Forget him. No. Jairus, even though they said that and there was discouragement and everything else, there had been faith in Jairus too or Jesus wouldn't have been going. There was too many other people. Now, that's why you saw him. There's times he had compassion on people in situations. But what he was looking for was faith because he only had a short period of time. And he wanted to see people develop, so he looked for those, those examples. But let, put that verse up again so I don't quote it wrong. The fear of human opinion disables. It never disabled him. It never have to disable us. We have to choose. Trusting in God protects us from that. Can you say amen? amen. So I want you to see this, this declaration on, on the board. <clears throat> and it says this. I don't fear man... So nothing has me trapped. I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I live in a safe place. Something good about confessing that and making that a part of you. You may already have that on, if you've been here long. You, might, you may already have that in your daily routine confessions that I've given you. But he said, but, but, but I really like that. Don't fear man. So that nothing will trap you and disable you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and live in that safe place. Remember, the only way to trust is put the word to work when your head's telling you to do something else. Screaming, saying, yeah, but what about this? Oh my God, what's going to happen here? Um, Anybody, raise your hand if you know who John G. Lake was. Just lift your hand up, okay? A few people, good. Some of you do. He was, uh, just long story short, he was a, he was a missionary to, uh, to South Africa and did, a ma- if you, you, you can go to the Copeland's website and they have his book of all of his writings and teachings. I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. But the one thing that, that really stirred me in my readings years ago of, of his work were the things that he did and he followed and he heard God and he found himself in a place where when he heard God about something, he did it and stayed in that situation. He didn't run from it. God told him to go to South Africa. He only had a certain amount of money. He goes, he's standing where he's having to to get into South Africa after he flew there. He didn't have any more money. And he's standing there, and he's standing in line, and he's getting closer, closer, closer. And 
three people before he, he got to the line where he was going to have to pay, somebody walked up to him and gave him the money. I mean, long story short, it may not exactly be like that, but this story after story after story in his, in his accounts that have so touched my life that I have a number of different stories like that today, and, and God has been saying to me this whole year, I want you to go not back to that, but I want you to go to that place in a greater way than you've ever been before. I want you to live by faith like there's nothing else. There's no security. There's no other thing in the natural that's going to save you if it doesn't work. I want you to live by faith in that way like you never have before. By not trusting man or putting your trust in the natural, you can live in that safe place. And where does it start? It begins with confessions like that right there. That's where it begins. That's not the end. But it begins with you hearing yourself say, you know what? I can literally actually do this. How many believe that today? <clears throat> Remember this, that the Bible says that the thief, he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundant. The Amplified says, to the full. Until it overflows. That's what he came to give you and I. And it's there for the us, but it, but it has to be taken. It ha you have to, we have to choose to receive it and do something with it. Because otherwise, the enemy works overtime to kill, to steal, to destroy. But he's defeated. We just can't be ignorant of his devices. You know the scripture we read today? Don't give him a chance. Give him no chances. We're the ones that have to shut the door. God won't shut the door. He'll help you shut the door. He's empowered you to shut the door. And he'll help you along the way and reveal and give you information. And, you know, as the word's being preached today, as it was preached last night, it was preached on Friday, the words that you hear, they do something for you. But that's not the end all. You have to choose to do something with it. 2021 is that year of abiding truth. We'll know that truth, and the truth truly will make us free. Amen?